there is a toy store in, Ham, in London called Hamley's. About a decade ago, my wife Karen and I and some friends were able to take a trip to Great Britain. It's one of those lifelong dreams, you know, bucket list thing, save all your money, come back with none. There's a toy store in London called Hamley's. And when you walk in, it's multiple stories, but there's like a circle cut out of the middle so you can see all the stories all the way up. Each floor is some other theme of toys. You got people who work there who are like flying stuff in there. So there's stuff flying all over the place. You're surrounded, Bruce, by toys. I remember when we went in, I took like two steps in and I froze. I was stunned. I I couldn't move. Everywhere I looked was so amazing. Did I tell you it was a toy store? I, I literally was paralyzed to where Karen had to come grab my hand and say, come on now. Am I right, Karen? I will never forget. It's one of those moments we'll just never forget. I was stunned. Today, I am tasked with telling you about the holiness of God. The stunning, paralyzing holiness of God. Would you pray for me? Lord, I, I, I just pray now as we get to this place of spending some time in your word from your word that your living word will move among us. I, I don't even know what the words are for this picture of your holiness, Lord. All, all the words that I've tried to apply to this this week have just fallen so short of the beauty, the grandeur, the splendor, the mystery, the paralyzing, stunning nature of your holiness. And so Lord, I pray that you'll come in the power of your Holy Spirit to speak to each heart and reveal to each of us your holiness. I don't want anybody to learn a thing about your holiness today. I want people to see your holiness, Lord and to be stunned by your majesty. Come Holy Spirit, we pray now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, last week I started a series called Finding Your Voice, and it is my heart to to look into the Scriptures to help you see what the Bible says about getting a vocabulary for that heart that's living inside of you that wants to speak out to God. Because you're in there, aren't you? Are you in there? You were born again. You came to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And in that moment, the Bible says you were born again. Did you have the same body? Yep. Right? So it wasn't that kind of born again. But your heart was born. Your spirit was born. The, The thing where the Bible says that God has set eternity in the hearts of men, that was born again, redeemed by what Christ did on the cross. Your name was written in the Lamb's book of life, yes, and your heart came alive, and 
And your heart wants to talk. Your heart wants to do some talking. Your heart wants to worship. Your heart wants to pray. Your heart wants to say things to God. And it's strange, isn't it? Because it's not quite the same as the words in your head. Right, Vlad? I mean, it's like you use the word, you use your mind, you use your brain, you use your thoughts, and then it's like, but it's not enough. There's something down here, something trying to come alive with a, with a voice of its own. And, and so my heart is to, is to share with you some vocabulary words to give voice to your heart. And to do that, we, we were looking at the Lord's Prayer, weren't we? And that's, that'll be the, the main text for this series. will be in Matthew chapter 6 when Jesus said this is how you should pray. And he started by saying, Our Father which art in heaven, right? And so last week we just looked at the powerful nature of the relationship that your heart wants to have. And that's God saying, Only come to me as your Father. Don't, don't come in any other way. I, I'm your Father. That's the first that's the first word of the heart. That's the first vocabulary word. It's like saying dada, right? That's the first thing your heart wants to say. Abba, dad, daddy, father. And when you say that first, it sets the whole tone for the rest of the prayer, doesn't it? Our father, chart in heaven, and then today, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed, hallowed means to set apart as holy. It means to take it from here and set it in a very unique, special place. Hallowed be the name of God. The name of God, it meant so much to the Hebrew people that they wouldn't even say it. It was so holy to the Hebrews, they wouldn't even say the word God. They had different names, as many of you know, to refer to God. But they were like one degree removed from saying God. Because they knew about His holiness. That's why we must never take the name of the Lord in vain. Let's never use that as a curse word. That's that's trampling on the holiness of God. And so, hallowed be your name. In DT 200, we go through all of the, or a number of the Old Testament names for God and we're enriched by that. Don't have time to do all that this morning, but I want you to focus on what he said. He said, Hallowed be your name. So, the second word of the vocabulary I want to teach you is holy. Go ahead. See? Holy. We can say it with our brains, we can say it with our lips, but when your heart cries, begins to cry holy, something happens. There is a there is a connection made with the holy that becomes stunning, that can be paralyzing. When your heart begins to learn how to say holy, hallowed be thy name, and both the Old Testament and the New Testament talk about God being holy. Exodus said God is holy. If you look at all the studies through the Levitical laws and directions about the temple of the Old Testament, that inside was the holy place, but it didn't stop there, did it? There was a veil, there was a curtain, and inside of that was another place called the most holy place. That where God is, is holiness. 
We saw this passage that Jamie read for us so beautifully just a few moments ago where Isaiah saw the Lord and he was stunned by His holiness, wasn't he? These living creatures were calling out. What were they calling? Tell me, church. Holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Holy, 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 they were crying out. Man. They were crying out this holiness, and when they did, then everything began to shake and move because the holiness of God was being celebrated. The stunning perfection of God was being celebrated and poured out and to the point that Isaiah was undone, wasn't he? He goes, the same thing that you would say. What am I do- How did I get in here, right? How- I- I'm a sinner. I'm not holy. How did I get into this holy place? Woe is me, he said. For I'm a man of unclean lips. Who can relate? Anybody but me? And I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King. I am ruined, he said. And ruined he was. Except for what happened next. That one of the seraphs went to the altar, the holy altar of God, and took a live coal and placed it on him. Boom. Now your sin is atoned for. You see what happened? Holiness of God caused him to come apart. Something had to be done. Now remember, this is before Christ, right? This is all a picture of Jesus. From the altar of the Father comes the payment, comes the cleansing. He touches him, and no longer does he say, Woe is me! He says, when God says, Who's going to go? He said, I'll go. You see the... Do you see the difference in Isaiah from the beginning to the end? All because he was undone by the holiness of God, but something was done for him that changed everything. Believers, something has been done for you that has changed everything, and that is the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I know you're aware of your sin. I'm aware of mine. Woe is me. Now come, Lord. Paul said, who will deliver me from this body of death? But he says, thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift, the gift of Christ. Come on. That changes everything as we encounter the holiness of God. Holiness of God refers to the essential and absolute perfection of His character. I mean, essentially, absolutely, God is perfect. He's holy. He's set apart as perfect. There is no flaw in God. And His holiness causes Him to be completely separate from us. There is, I think, no more vast subject in all of the Bible than the holiness of God. And with no good earthly illustrations. I've kind of made illustrations my stock and trade over 40 years of preaching. It's kind of what I do. Kind of put them on the cookies on the bottom shelf. Can I get a witness? Hello? You go away going, oh, I never saw it that way before. Illustrations, it's what I love to do. I got nothing. 
Huh? What do you compare the holiness of God to? There's nothing on this earth that is holy. A.W. Tozer said it this way, by the way, in one of my favorite books, and one I will never part with, you can see it's been read a few times, it's called The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. And he said, neither the writer nor the reader of these words is qualified to appreciate the holiness of God. Quite literally, a new channel must be cut through the desert of our minds to allow the sweet waters of truth that will heal our great sickness to flow in. We cannot grasp the true meaning of the divine holiness by thinking of someone or something very pure and then raising the concept to the highest degree we are capable of. God's holiness is not simply the best we know infinitely bettered. We know nothing like the divine holiness. It stands apart, unique, unapproachable, incomprehensible, and unattainable. The natural man is blind to it. He may fear God's power and admire his wisdom, but his holiness he cannot imagine. So I'm tasked with telling you about it. I'm a little annoyed. (laughs) Because my eyes have seen something for which there are no words. And it's something essential. It's something throughout the Bible and it's something that I fear the American church has almost all but lost a sense of. And the holiness of God is something that, it's who God is, it's not something he does. You know, when we think about the holiness of God, when we think about what we think we know about God and what we do know about God from the revelation of Scripture, we can, um, we can say, well, God, God is love because he's loving, you know, and God is wise because he's imparted his wisdom. And so we can kind of backtrack it and saying, well, God does this thing, and so therefore he's that. But his holiness is not something he does. The holiness of God is who he is. Charles Hodge said, the holiness of God is not to be conceived as one attribute among others. It is rather the conception of God's consummate perfection and total glory. And so, it needs to serve as an adjective for everything we know about God. So when we talk about God's love, it's holy love. We talk about His wisdom, holy wisdom. His power, it's holy power. His wrath is holy wrath. His justice is holy justice. Because everything we know about God is modified by the fact that He's holy. Is that landing? But to get what that means, beloved, you've got to crowd into His presence through the blood of His Son Jesus and the power of the Spirit and have that moment. There's a color I've seen that I can't even define. It's, it has, it's a color that's it's with a thickness. Oh, do I, I don't even dare try to put words to this. It's the color of the wall around this place. This wall, this place, this definition is the holiness of God on this place. It's the very core of God's being. And learning to say the word holy from your heart is essential to finding your voice. 
When you say the word holy, a couple things will happen. First of all, we're worshiping God. Because God is... You may go. Well done. (laughs) When we worship God, when we cry holy from our hearts, when we bow our heads... When we take the posture of humility before God and say, holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord in all the earth. We're worshiping Him because He is holy. It's a natural worship. You see, the first word of vocabulary in the prayer was a connection word, wasn't it? John, he was saying, God was saying, just call me Abba, call me Father. Say Dad. And then the next thing He wants to hear from your lips is holy. <laughs> and not, not brain to lips, heart to lips. Holy. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all the earth shall praise Thy name in earth and sky. You see what I'm saying? There's, it's a word for your heart. Just to say holy, you'll be worshiping Him because you're acknowledging His absolute perfection, aren't you? That's worship. The word worship comes from an old English word, worth-ship. So you're attributing worth to something. Whatever you're worshiping, you're attributing worth to it. And so as we worship God, we are declaring His worth. Well, what is His worth it, it begins with his holiness, his perfection, his otherness. And so when, you, when your heart gets to the place where your heart can say holy, your heart can sing holy, then you're worshiping God. But the second thing that's happened is we're crying out for an impartation of his holiness to us. I am not holy. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live clearly among a people of unclean lips. Take a look around. And our eyes have seen the king. So what I need, since I I cannot attain holiness, how many of you have tried that route of the walk, huh? How long did that last? Not long. And I'm not saying there isn't a walk to be walked. Of course there is. But it comes as the Lord imparts His holiness to us, not in an effort to attain His holiness. Holiness comes... The ho- God wants to mingle His holiness into Peggy's life. Boom. God wants to impart... Hol- this is the teaching of the Scripture. It's an imputed, sometimes theologians call it. It's, it's given to your credit, Mark. Holiness of God. Boom. You're a man of unclean lips, Mark, and you live among people of unclean lips. But God has made a way to remedy that through His Son, Jesus Christ, to impart to you His holiness. As your heart learns more and more to say the word holiness, holy from your heart, worshiping God, He imparts, He releases that holiness back to you and everything changes, doesn't it? (laughs) Everything begins to change. You know, in both, both Testaments, both Old Testament and New Testament, 
The Bible quotes God as saying, Be holy, for I am holy. Have you, have you got that far, anybody? Be holy, for I am holy. I've never been so grateful for a preposition in all of my life where he said, Be holy, for I am holy, not be holy as I am holy. Because if I were tasked with being holy as God is holy, it would be hopeless. It would be completely hopeless. I would give, I would, my hands would hang limp. But Zephaniah says that my punishment has been taken away. My oppressor has been overcome. Do not let your hands hang limp, he says. Get them up there where they belong. As God imparts his holiness to us. One of my most delightful passages in the Bible is in Hebrews chapter 10. I just love this. I remember when I found it. <laughs> you know, there, I respect anybody, of course, who was raised in the church. I really do. And, and there are many ways in which I'm envious of, have, of that. But having not been raised in the church, I, uh, when I, found, I remember finding stuff in here going, what? This, what? Did, has anybody seen this? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10 was definitely one of those things, and it's talking about the sacrifice of Christ and the impartation of his holiness to us. And it says, um, verse 10, chapter 1, the law is only a shadow of the good things that were to come. So all the law and all that keeping the law and doing everything right was a shadow of something. He talks about Old Testament sacrifices. And he said uh, in verse 3, but those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins because it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So this is a real predicament in which we find ourselves, correct? But if you read on, therefore, we already know what it's, therefore, when Christ came into the world, okay, so something really big happened when Christ came into the world. You can read through. You can talk about the will of Christ was, was, was surrendered to the Father for his sacrifice. And he said in, in verse 10, And by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So we have been made holy. There is an element, Eric, where your name has been moved from the unholy column to the holy column. So your position before God has forever changed, the Bible says, because of your faith in Christ. You're serious about this, aren't you? I know you're serious, and, and I know that, and we see it in you, and, and so your name is moved. And so positionally, you're, you're, you're good. You're made whole according to the Scripture. Don't listen to me according to the Scripture, right? You're good. But then if you keep reading on, um, verse 14, he says, because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever, so we're perfect forever, those who are being made holy. So there, there are two dynamics in play. There is the positional holiness of our name, made positionally holy before God. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then we're, but we're not done yet, are we? Because we're still here, right? How many of you, like me, woke up this morning and went, oh, come on, we're still here, right? Not really. Huh? <laughs> but I mean, you know, there's a longing to be there, isn't there? But we're still here. And because then the dynamic of relationship with God and His Word and the power of His Holy Spirit, then we're being made holy. So as we cry out holy, as your heart learns to say holy, 
the holiness of God is being imparted back to us. I love that. I love that more than you're acting like you love it. (laughs) All right, let me just give it to you this way. How is it that we use holy as a vocabulary word? I'm going to give you three things. Just remember these three things. How do, we, how do we say the word holy from our hearts? Number one, you say it face down. You've got to say it face down. I'm not necessarily talking about the physical position of your head. I find it helpful to put my face down many times in the presence of the Lord. But I'm, it's not a legalistic thing. Of, but I'm, I'm talking about the face of your heart needs to be down. I mean, you see what happened to Isaiah, right? When he saw the holiness of the Lord, he went face down, boom, he's down. Anybody get to the last book of the Bible yet? Revelation, no? Well, when you get there, in chapter 1, verse 17, John encountered Jesus. And you know what he did? He went face down, boom. That's what the holiness of the Lord does to you. That's what the holiness of the Lord does for you. Rachel, I'm so sorry that your grandma's gone. Maybe not all of you know Martha Gregory went home to be with Jesus yesterday. I'm so sorry. But listen to me. You know, we have ideas about what she's doing now, and we like, we like to say this and we like to say that. But the Bible says that she's on her face before the Lord. She's stunned by the holiness of God. Remember Revelation 4 I preached from a few weeks ago? How the elders of all people were bowing down and casting their crowns on the glassy sea before the Lord. Remember that? That's what happens in the holiness of the Lord, in the presence of His holiness. Beloved, we've got to get away from some of these concepts of heaven that we have, like, oh, it's going to be the best bass fishing, or, you know, the best golf courses, or, or whatever, or the Buckeyes always win a national championship or whatever. You know, we, we hear these notions of what heaven's going to be and you're making it up. There will be, the Bible says, joyous reunion. That's all on. I don't know how we fit in. I, I don't know this part. I don't know how I fit in finding Karen and enjoying each other. As perfect between bouts of my face on heaven's floor. It's the holiness of God. You say that word face down. You say it by yearning to see and experience the holiness of God. You're yearning for the holiness of God. Are you yearning for the holiness of God in your life? I am. 
I'm not the person I used to be, but I'm far from being done yet. I yearn as much for the holiness of God now, maybe more than back in the day when it was so obvious I didn't know what it was. You yearn for the holiness of God because personal holiness is not a standard to which we aspire so much as it is an impartation we want to receive. Holy, holy. Because when you're yearning for the holiness of God, you're really yearning for Christ, aren't you? uh, He is the holiness, isn't he? He was the embodiment of holiness and his blood was a holy sacrifice. You're really yearning for God. You're, you're, you're yearning for the God whose last name is Spirit, but what is His first name? When you, when you say holy and you're yearning for the holiness of God, you're really yearning for God. And the third thing, and it's probably going to be most challenging for some of you, is we... By declaring the way of God, by, I'm sorry, by clearing the way of God's holiness to come to you. Clearing it out. Clearing the way. In reality, we've got, we've got roadblocks set up. Things that we prefer to the holiness of God. And they've got to go. Maybe you've heard this one before. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. I tell you. Do not, ready? Here's where you clear it out. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Got to get it out of there, man. The world is just yapping at you all the time, right? And we're in this world. We've got to figure out how to be in this world. As long as we keep waking up on this side of glory, we have to figure it out. But he said, don't conform to the pattern of it. You've got to clear out. Clear out the stuff. Let me give you one more in 2 Corinthians. It's a little, little more direct. Chapter 7, verse 1. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Clear it out. We set up structures in the absence of God In the absence of God in our life, we set up structures. We set up sin. We set up patterns of sin. We set up reasonings that are not of God. We we set up points of view. We set up practices. We we set up physical things around us that are not holy. And they, they actually stand in the way of God's holiness. And the psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. We actually block it by, we block it. And so we fall face down and we yearn for holiness. And as God shines his light on going, what? And right now some things are coming to your mind right now. It's, a, it's blocking the flow of the holiness of God. And you're wondering, how come my heart isn't singing? 
How come my heart isn't seeing? Well, what is it? What is the pride? What is the accomplishment? What is the pile? What it, what's the block? Let, let the Holy Spirit reveal that to you. I, I beg for that in my life, and I deal with it all the time. I set up stuff without realizing it. I, I set up stuff without trying. I turn my back and there's something set up. And we've got to deal with that. I have a word from the Lord for us. And the word I've been hearing from the Lord in prayer is that there's a cleansing coming. There is a cleansing coming to this fellowship. There's a cleansing coming. I think there will be a day not too long from now where a number of you will come up to a microphone and you will confess your sins. Now if you want to avoid that unpleasant experience, confess them now. I've recently been clear in the deck. But there's a cleansing coming. There's a cleansing coming. Not everybody will make it. Not everybody will sit for it. We probably could set up a few less chairs because there's a cleansing coming. Not against you, but against sin and against the structures that are standing between you and the Lord. There's a cleansing coming. I'm not judging you. I'm just warning you. It's part of my job, right? I'm the sheepdog. I'm not the shepherd. The Lord's the shepherd. I'm just barking here, okay? But when the dog barks, you better look and see if there's something coming, right? Sometimes it's just the lunacy of your dog, I realize, but sometimes, sometimes something's coming, right? Would you just look? Would you just look at the path between you and God and see if there's something there that if, if God were standing there, he'd go, what, what, what is this? Would you cry out for the holiness of God? As I was out walking the wall this morning. Uh, that was pleasant. And this old song, Judy, came to my heart. I cry out for your holiness. Please cleanse this wandering heart. Wash my shame and my brokenness. I surrender. I surrender. I just cry out for His holiness. You got to see it for yourself. Let's sing the top part of this song, if you know it. Lord, this is my simple prayer. Come and purify me. Cause my heart to burn again. Fill it with your fire. Sing that part again. Lord, this is my simple prayer come and purify me cause my heart to burn again fill it with your fire 
Some of you are stirred right now. There's something going on in your heart and you became aware of something that you want gone and there's nothing I can do for you. You got to do it yourself. You got to come to the cross. We got a cross set up right here. And we're going to sing this song. And if you've got something that you're aware of, you say, that thing, that's got to go. I want you to just come as we sing and just get up around this cross. You can stand, you can kneel, you can sit, you can do whatever. And just leave it there, alright? Would you just ask God to come and clear it out? Come on. Lord, this is my simple prayer. Come and purify me. Cause my heart to burn again. Fill it with your fire. And I cry out for your holiness. Please cleanse this wandering heart. Wash my shame and my brokenness. I surrender. I surrender, Lord, this is my simple prayer. Come and purify me, cause my heart to burn again. Fill it with your fire. These people are about to see the holiness of God. God's faithful. Bible says a contrite spirit the Lord will never despise. Let's stand together, church, please. You can still come. You can still come. By that will they are made holy. By that will they are being made holy. Let's clear out the structure. Sometimes the structures are mental. They're these mental constructs that we set up. They just prevent us from encountering the living God. He's holy. Let your heart sing holy. You can still come.